You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hello, I am so excited because I have Dave Ball on the line from House Rich Dave, and I have Dave on to talk about, first of all, the 2024 housing market and what that's that's looking like, and then also the top two mistakes that home buyers make in the process. So, hey, Dave, how are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on your platform. Yeah, no problem. Honored to have you here. So let's just hop right in for the audience. When we're looking at 2024, what are the trends or what is the market doing? So the big answer to that one is no one exactly knows. Like not the definitive answer I think anybody was looking for, but that is the the actual answer. So actually this morning I was researching this topic because I figured it was going to come up. And I want to read you a few headlines. It says, uh, Fed will hold rates until July. That's from one source. Feds are likely to cut rates in 2024. Another headline. Feds cut interest rates as early as the first half of 2024. Fed likely cut rates four times in 2024. Here's when the Fed will cut rates, blah, 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 blah. So um, (laughs) depending on who you ask, you'll get a different answer. But I think what folks need to look at is like kind of like their own goals and kind of work from there. For a little bit of perspective, like when I got into the real estate industry in 2017, like a normal rate was was 5%. You know, you know, the the COVID during COVID, you know, the Fed cut the uh, the benchmark rate, which is the cost of which is the cause for banks to borrow money. And so like they cut that rate down to like 0.25%. Usually it hangs around about 2.5%. That's why rates were like super low in the early 2020, 2021s. Um, and the housing market kind of uh, went out of control. Home price went up like 43% at, at one point. What that caused was inflation, which hit like 9.1%, like in um, June twenty twenty. Too. And so since then, as we've seen, the Fed's been trying to has been increased increasing that benchmark rate in order to combat inflation. So what the Fed cares about as far as interest rates is cutting inflation. And so we were at nine point one. I think right now we're somewhere between like three and three point eight percent. But the goal is to get it down to two percent. And the reason I talk about that is because the Fed doesn't really care about it the housing market. They don't care about interest rates. Their goal is to combat inflation. The housing market is just, unfortunately, a, a casualty of that. And so from what I've seen that the people of the um, from the Fed have actually said, like Jerome Powell and other people that are part of the, um, the Federal Reserve have said that they're just going to follow the data. And so they'll make a game time decision. Like every time they, they meet, typically like once every two months. So they'll look at the data at that present time and say, hey, we will keep rates steady. We will cut rates based on what the data says. We're not going to make any predictions um, in December, in January, in February on what's going to happen in July, June, July, and August. But mo- most likely, from what I've seen and based on the trends that are going and inflation being kind of going downwards, is that most likely worst case scenario is that they're, they're hold rates. And so rates right now are like in the 7% threshold. All the information I've seen from like reliable sources like uh, Fannie Mae, I've seen Morgan Stanley, it says that rates will, uh, unfortunately for some, be in like the, the 6% threshold, probably at the lowest throughout the course of, of 2024. So I think mm-hmm. when folks are looking at the housing market, we need to normalize like 5%, 6% rates are, are just the, the new norm. And I say the new norm, but they're kind of honestly the, the norm norm. Because as I mentioned, like back in mm-hmm. 2017, rates were 5% when it got into the industry and nobody was freaking out about that. Folks kind of are freaking out now because rates used to be two and and three percent. But um 
Yeah, the housing market, there's no signs of a crash. Uh, the housing market inventory is, is super low, depending on where you read. We're like somewhere between 1.5 million and 6.5 million houses short. So if you just go back to basic econ 101, uh, the supply is super low, even though the demand is a little bit low uh, due to, to rates. So um, housing market 2024, rates may go down, but there's still going to be a demand. So uh, there's no data that supports any sort of housing market crash that I think some folks are um, waiting on in order to buy their, their first property. So uh, to me, just focus on your budget. And if um, you're ready mentally and financially, I would jump into the market because there's never a perfect time to buy a home. Yes, yes. I'm so glad you said that because I tell people all the time, you cannot time a market. I don't care yeah. what market it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's impossible. Um, and I jumped in in 2017 as well. And one thing I did do during the pandemic was I refinanced. So yeah, I was yeah. able to get, you know, that good rate. So mm-hmm. that's also an option, you know, later on down the road, if, you know, they ever go back down to where they were, you can always refinance. So um, I wouldn't let that hold you back. Um, Another thing to your point about the inventory, actually, and then, you know, I was not thinking about this interview when I did it, but yesterday I just looked up like how many houses were available in my area Uh and it was like 40 and I was like, oh wow, in the whole city. Uh, So yeah, to your point, it's definitely a very strong market um, for both sellers and, you know, buyers, it'll probably be competitive, but, you know, you can get a house if you want a house. Yeah, let so, me, can, can yeah, I tell one more, sorry, one more tidbit. Mm-hmm. And I think what folks, what a lot of folks don't realize unless you're actually in the business, there's markets within the market. So even in mm-hmm. your, even in your local market, like I'll give an example here, I'm in the Dallas market. The market, so the market like between $300,000 and $200,000, that market will never crash. That market is always on fire. <laughs> Rates could go to 10% and that market would still be would be out of control. Like I, I've uh, earlier this year, I helped somebody buy a home that was $200,000 here in Dallas. We looked for like four months and we had offers. We put in offers on homes that had 44 offers, 19 offers, 16 offers, 17 offers. And this mm. is back when rates were like at the high, high, almost close to 8%. So even even in your local market, there are markets within market and the whatever the bottom of your local market is, that market will, will never crash because home prices continue to go up, but wages don't. And so folks mm. are always are always fighting at the bottom of that market. Just kind of FYI, depending on what price bracket you may be looking in. Yeah, that's a really good point. And another thing, too, because I thought about selling my house um, a couple of years ago. Actually, was it 2022? Last year, I thought about selling my house. And when a realtor looked up, you know, comparatives and things like that, I would have been the only single story house available um, in the whole city. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) So, So, you know, to your point with the markets within the markets, you know, depending on what people are looking for, you know, it could be favorable for you. So. Now that we've talked about trends and, you know, what's coming up next, now let's get into the mistakes that some first-time home buyers make. And so what is one top mistake that they make? So I think the the biggest mistake I see first-time home buyers, and honestly, sometimes second-time home buyers is, is not knowing how to budget for a home. So I, I'm a realtor now, but I used to be a lender. Sometimes folks, would, I used to work at a bank. Sometimes folks are coming to the bank. Sometimes folks apply online for 
a home. You know, they when they apply online, they say, hey, I want to qualify for a $400,000 home or, or whatever whatever it is. And so I do the pre-call for them online. Then I give them a call. You know, if they're if they approved or it didn't work, I would give them a call either, either way. And then at some point in the conversation, I would just ask them. I'd be like, okay, um, yeah, you're, you're pre-approved for $400,000. Just curious, what do you think the monthly payment is on this property? And it was always, you know, crickets, you know, in person, <laughs> Kanye shrug, like folks never knew what that payment was. And so here's the issue with that is I always tell folks, start with the a monthly payment in mind and work your way back from the home price. Because when you start with the home price, you're going to talk yourself into whatever that number is. Because what happens is you, when you're looking at $400,000 homes on Zillow, now you're looking at, oh, you know, there's uh, there's this nice restaurant down the street. Look at this school district. Look at the look at the pool. Look at what I can get for $400,000. You've already mentally moved into that neighborhood. Mm. And so what happens is when I tell you, hey, that payment is $3,300, but your budget was $2,500, you're just like, hey, it's only $800. I'll probably get a raise next next year. Uh, you know, I can do DoorDash on the on the week. You talk to yourself. You're you're just convinced yourself about all this stuff that you you you'll you'll never do to um to the side hustle and stuff like that. <laughs> you you talk you you basically end up like blowing your budget. And that's what that's where I hear about folks that are often like house poor. It's just like, hey, I spent way too much on this home. And my initial thought is always, I'm pretty sure this person started with the home price of mine and not the the budget. So that's what I suggest to everybody. Start with a budget and work your way backwards to the home price. And this is just a quick way on how to do it. Let's say your budget is is two hundred you want a two thousand dollar monthly payment. Just go to Google um, and type in the word like mortgage calculator and a mortgage calculator will come up on Google and then start putting in loan amounts that get you to about 60, 70 percent of like two hundred thousand of, of, of two thousand dollars. Excuse me. And so let's say um, that let's say you put an amount of like two hundred thousand uh, dollars. Interesting enough. And they get you like a, a twelve hundred dollar monthly payment, you know, 60 percent of two thousand. And then now you just got to go to go to Zillow or wherever you go to Realtor.com and start looking at two hundred thousand dollar homes in the area you want to look at. You'll find one of two things. You'll find that there are no $200,000 homes in the areas you want to look at. So you, you got to kind of make a, a decision there. Or you may find like, hey, okay, I can, I can kind of work with these homes, these $200,000 homes in my my area. It may not be my my dream home or my ideal home, but I, hey, I can kind of work with this. And then just go to click on a couple of homes. And then now you can look at and find out what the property taxes are on those homes. So now you know, now you have a principal and interest payment and you have the property taxes. It's going to give you the yearly amount, just divide by 12. Uh, insurance is a little bit harder to figure out, but you want to um, just use whatever number Zillow has. I say that and just add up those three, those three numbers, your principal and interest payment that you got from the Google calculator, your taxes, and then add up your insurance. And that it may be above, it may be under $200,000, but you can kind of um, kind of finagle those numbers in order to work towards a, um, in order to find out a um, a monthly payment that's kind of within your budget. And I say when you work backwards that way, you, it may not be like the the price range you wanted in, but that's the price range like you you can afford. And so um, that gives you folks a better um, a better starting point for that for the home search. Because like I said, once you start with the the price in mind, you're going to talk yourself into whatever that budget is. And I know that with like a hundred percent certainty, because pretty much no one ever, <laughs> no one ever, it's rarely that someone balks when I tell them what the price is, even though it's well above their budget a lot of times, because I can see like their debt to income ratio, which is uh, very, very high usually, but it's not, not my call to tell folks what they can and can't afford. But Right, right. And you know, that's, I love that you bring that up 
having your budget in mind first, how much you actually want to spend first. And I see this translating well to cars as well. Um, (laughs) And having people have, you know, what, what is going to be that monthly payment and then working your way from there. I love that advice. So now that they have that out the way, what is another mistake that they could be making first time home buying? So one of the other big ones is not actually interviewing your realtor or your lender. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, the, it's the biggest financial decision that most people will make. And I always find it odd that folks rarely interview me. Like, so I, on my on my, uh, my platform, I always say, hey, interview your realtor, interview your realtor, interview your realtor. I've actually not had a single person, maybe because I put out a lot of content online, so <laughs> folks feel they know me, but I've not had a single person like ever interview me. But I, and I'm like, oh, how'd you find me social media? How'd you find me? I found you on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, did you watch the, the videos about about <laughs> this and that? Like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm not going to tell you to interview me. But like I said, maybe folks, they feel like they know me because I just put out so mm-hmm. much content. But yeah, interview your um, realtor because like some basic questions you should ask your realtor is like, it's just a basic, how long have you been in the business? And I always say there's no right or wrong answer to that question. The person that's super new may be super hungry and ready to um to, to go in above and beyond. I know when I was super new in the in the industry, I would I would go like I would drive anywhere. Somebody told me I would drive an hour to show them one house like I, I would do all I would do all that stuff now. And I'm a little bit more um, I value my time a little bit, a little bit more. I'll, I'll just mm-hmm. say that like we need a plan before we start driving everywhere throughout Dallas to find home. But interview them, figure out how long they've been in the business, uh, figure out what areas they actually specialize in, because a realtor will tell you pretty much I'll tell you they can go anywhere. Um, as long as their car can drive that far, which is, is cool sometimes. Like the first home I ever sold was in Fort Worth, Texas. I'd only been to Fort Worth, Texas two times in my entire seven years in Dallas. But I was like, hey, man, I'll, I'm going to find you a home in Fort Worth because this is my first client ever. Uh, and like it worked out for that client. But honestly, it may not have. I probably was not the best realtor for him because I didn't know the the intricacies of the Dallas Fort Worth market. But hey, everything everything worked out because I, I did a lot of research on my end. I would say um, also ask them like what price ranges they, they work in. Once again, no, no right or wrong answer. But if someone's if someone's working typically like in a maybe a three hundred to four hundred thousand dollar price range, they may not be the person to help you with that, you know, that million dollar uh, listing. And vice versa. If somebody is just like, hey, I'm doing million dollar homes, you may not get the same attention if you're looking like in the mm-hmm. in the two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar price range. So definitely interview your realtor. And I would also say same thing with your lender. Back when I was a a lender, so some questions you should ask your lender are one, just a basic one, how long, well, like what hours do you work? Because some some lenders, believe it or not, they're just they're just like, hey, I work nine to five. That is what it is, Monday through Friday, which is their prerogative. But if you need help on the weekend, they're probably not the the lender for you. Um, I would say like what loan programs they actually work with. I'll mm. give the example. When I was a lender, I never ever did a USDA loan in my four years as a mortgage lender. But I would not tell anybody that unless they specifically asked me. So if somebody was looking at a a USDA loan, I'd be like, yeah, I can, I can, I can help you out with that. Uh, <laughs> but I probably would have fumbled my way through the, through the process because I had no idea what I was doing. And that's a complicated loan. But if someone specifically asked me like, hey, how many USDA loans have you done? I would have told them zero. Um, and so I'd be like, hey, you know, um, I'll, I'll probably need some help from my manager if there's some, some struggles here. But um, yeah, ask them what loan programs they actually specialize in. And also, like, if you're looking for down payment assistance, ask them specifically, like, what down payment assistance programs are you the customer eligible for? Not which ones they have, because those are two different answers, because lenders have to actually qualify 
in order to give out certain down payment assistance programs. Ask them which ones you are eligible for because that may not be um, a fit. Uh, one quick, uh, I don't know, tip or, or hack, like typically like your, your larger lenders, I know folks are sometimes scared of big banks, but typically like larger lenders will have something as part of their community reinvestment act, which, um, which if you're purchasing like in a, a like a minority, uh, neighborhood or maybe a lower income neighborhood, they, they have like big, uh, I'll say big perks or, or big, uh, um, grants and stuff that they can give you. Like I know lenders that have like, uh, $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 grants literally just for buying in a certain neighborhood. So make sure you're actually like interviewing your realtor and lender because just go, you may say, Hey, you know, my friend, um, recommended them to me. I don't need to interview them, but I always say like your friend probably has friends that you're not friends with. Right. So, um, they just may not be the, the right fit for you. So just make sure you're interviewing, um, at least one or two realtors and lenders is, uh, my, uh, I think another mistake that first time home buyers don't make. Cause I always hear folks say, Hey, my realtor sucked, sucked or my lender sucked. I'm like, well, <laughs> What, what was the conversation before you guys embarked on this home ownership journey? It probably was none. So, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep. And I can definitely attest to that. <laughs> when mm-hmm. I bought my house, um, I didn't interview anybody. I just went off of my friend's recommendation because she yeah. was going through the whole process. Now, granted, I lucked up. I have yeah. I had a bomb team um, and I'm so grateful for them still to keep in touch. Yeah. But I could totally see how that could have went south and I didn't know anything about the process. And yeah. so they could have easily gotten over on me if they wanted to. Yeah, Luckily yeah. they didn't, but uh-huh. it could have been a possibility. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and I say that not even from like a get over you aspect, but just sometimes like you just have different needs, you know, like your mm-hmm. let's say your friend could have had maybe some credit challenge or maybe let's say your friend had no credit challenges, right? They had an 850 credit score somehow. And like, maybe you had you, not you, but you know, just a listener, somebody had credit challenges. Well, maybe you needed a lender that was a little bit more uh, um, judicial when it came to helping you with credit or things like that. Mm-hmm. So just something simple like that um, is why I say always interview somebody because just because your friend scenario may not necessarily be your scenario, like no matter how um, how great they were with your your uh, your friend. So. Right, right. Yeah, I think those are great tips for the audience if they're looking to buy a house, whether it's first time, second time, third time, what have you. I feel like those tips are definitely applicable. So, Dave, if people are interested in learning more about you, more about these tips or anything that you have going on, where could they find you? Yeah, so um, since you're listening on a podcast platform, um, you can check me out. Uh, I have a podcast and YouTube channel by the same name, House Rich, the first time home buyer show. So every week I break down some sort of home buying news topic because a lot of times you see hyperbolic headlines and I, I break those down from a factual standpoint and also just break down mortgage guidelines in layman terms. Like, so right now, and I'm breaking out my 2024 home buying guidelines. So those would be like my next six episodes. I'm breaking down like the FHA loan program, conventional, NACA, VA, USDA, et cetera. So um, if you want to get some details on that, you can check me out there. If you're on social media and looking for some short form content, you can check me out at House Rich Dave on uh, IG or, or TikTok. So I, I, I put out information there. Uh, same thing, but just, you know, in those uh, 60, 30 second um, slots. If you're in Dallas, feel free to uh, reach out to me um, if you're looking to um, purchase a, a home. So you can just uh, DM me directly for that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much. And I'll make sure I have all of those links in the show notes. So don't worry if you didn't get it. Check those out and you can get in contact with Dave. So thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. Oh, once again, appreciate you having me. Thanks for uh, inviting me on the platform. My pleasure. Bye. Adios.
Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.